Hi, welcome to this episode of the Righteous Ruckus Podcast. My name is Riley Lowe, and I'm your host today. Uh, many people nowadays do not believe in objective truth, right? Truth. In fact, in 2016, the Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year, this is in 2016, was post-truth. Uh, it's hyphenated, of course. Some say we live in a post-truth culture. This becomes especially evident when the subject of moral truth comes up. You know, that just adds another layer to it that people get to squirm in and they're not comfortable with. But the answers to life's most important questions depend on us finding the truth and that the truth is actually knowable. Truth is at the heart of the Christian worldview. And that means Christianity does not allow us to accept the assumptions or demands of a post-truth culture. What is truth? Let's get into it. It's time to get off the church benches and into the trenches. Let's make a righteous ruckus. <clears throat> Before we get into the meat of everything, I just wanted to remind everybody you can really help out our mission by liking, subscribing, following, whatever that is on the thing that you're using to, to view or listen to this, whatever that thing is. Um, if you do that and uh, preferably also share it with somebody that that you think might find this interesting or even that objects to this, maybe it'll enlighten them and it'll also help spread the podcast around and help enlighten more people to the truth of Jesus Christ. It'll help people see the episodes. Also, if you feel led, you can support the mission financially at www.givesendgo.com slash support righteous ruckus. Or you can also send a message that you're praying for us. And you can also email us or me at uh, righteousruckuspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, now that we've got the formalities out of the way, let's get into the main thing here. So I'm going to be kind of starting a series, if you want to call it that, on uh, apologetics. It's Apologetics is something that I'm really, I really enjoy. It's really helped... I mean, it really helped boost uh, my Christian faith. It really helped boost boost my understanding. Uh, I mean, I'm really thankful. And it just it's such a paradigm shift in the way that you think about the world and the way you analyze everything going on around you. Um, apologetics helps you with that so so much. Um, it's not really. I don't think it's a really great or excellent tool for evangelism. It is a small tool for evangelism. It's definitely a tool to have in your tool belt. Ultimately, just the truth of the gospel is the best tool for evangelism. And I think speaking about your own experiences in ways that people can relate to really helps with that. But apologetics sets a, a groundwork to where you can feel confident knowing that, um, that what you know is, in fact, true. So let's start out with the definition of apologetics, actually. Apologetics, um, this is according to the American Heritage Dictionary. The, uh, the first the definition here actually applies to, to this. Uh, as the branch of theology that is concerned with defending or proving the truth of Christian doctrines. And yeah, that's, that's a decent definition. And... Um, the more general definition is the second one here is formal argumentation in defense of something such as a position or system. So that's apologetic, you know, like this is Christian apologetics is what I'm talking, re referencing with I'm sure there's secular apologetics, revolutionary apologetics or whatever kind of apologetics. Defending your position essentially is what that means. 
And, you know, I don't want to get caught up in Christianese or anything because apologetics, some people aren't even familiar with that, you know, if you haven't been around it. And uh, it basically just means giving a defense of. Um, I think if you can't dumb things down, you know, and you have to throw out fancy words, then I think you may not be as comfortable or as solid in your position as you think you are. And that's, I hope I do that here. I, I really try to. Uh, I try to say things and explain things in a way that hopefully my daughters can understand. And if they can't understand it now, then they can understand it in the very near future. Um, at at the, the moment of this recording, I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. So that's what I mean here. You know, you've heard the, the there's that uh, ex, or, or the saying, explain it like I'm five. That's what I try to do here. And now there, we, we cover a lot of things. They're a lot deeper than a five-year-old can understand. I'm not going to lie on that. But that's my attempt is that the layperson, you don't have to have a seminary degree, which I don't. And I don't, also don't claim to be an expert on everything. But I'm trying my best to to give you guys the best information I can. And I think it's I think it's valuable. And, and so without further ado, um, what is truth? So let's start off with a foundation here, a biblical foundation here. And there's a famous uh, story. It's right before is when Jesus was on trial, actually. He was getting ready to be uh, turned over and crucified. This is in John 18, 37 and 38. Then Pontius Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For, the per- for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who sits on the truth Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? Now, Jesus actually did not respond to that question because I, I don't know why exactly. But one reason is because he just said that he's, he's here, you know, and Pontius Pilate potentially knew that Jesus said, said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the father except by me. All right, so Jesus claimed to be the truth. Now, also, we know from Scripture that he is the author, right, of the Bible, okay? So Jesus is also the author of truth. So everything truth-related hinges upon the person and deity of Jesus Christ. So... What is truth? You know, that was Pontius Pilate's. What did he he say there? What is truth? Well, the definition of truth, the classical definition is that which conforms to reality, right? If I make a true statement, that statement is true for all people in all times and all places, right? Now, you may sit there and go, well, I can prove, you know, what what do you mean by that? Well, if I was to say... If I were to say, it's it feels cold in here to me. That is an objective truth. And you say, whoa, 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 Riley. I could be in the same room as you, and I could say it feels a little balmy in here. It's a, I wish you'd turn the AC down a little bit because it's kind of getting hot in here. And so you could say, Riley, see, for you, you say that it's cold in here, but for me, it's too hot. Well, those are personal preferences. That's subjective, right? What I said is 
it's cold in here for to me. All right? That statement is true for all people in all times and all places. Now, you're, you know, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, Riley, how can that be for true for people in all times and all places, you know, whenever they may have been in Alaska or they may have been somewhere else in the South Pole, right? And it's, and or they may be in the Sahara Desert. They've got all sorts of range of temperatures and everything. Well, it's true for everybody throughout history, everywhere in the world, that anywhere could anywhere anybody could be that on this day when I'm recording this, Riley Lowe said that a temperature was too cold for him or to him, right? It that's that is true. That statement is true. Now, it is a subjective statement. It's my, it's my opinion that it's to me, but there are objective statements too, and we'll get into that. So Here's something here's this is something that man it's just such a game changer here when you people today have problems thinking right and so and I have problems with that too it's awful easy to be so reactionary that anything that is told you you react with your feelings right well I don't like the way that sounds that must not be true or whatever or where he's Truth doesn't matter about your feelings. It, who cares what you feel is true? What's, what matters is that does that conform to reality? You know, we live in a world right now that there, I mean, it's crazy town out there right now. So one thing you can do, uh, one of my favorite apologists, Frank Turek, uh, he actually calls this the roadrunner tactic. But what it is, is you apply the claim to itself. Right. And so. Like I said, if somebody says, well, that's not, you know, how, how come Riley says it's it's cold in there to him, but that's not true for everybody. Well, what about that statement that you just made to try to refute my truth? Is that true for everybody? Is it true for everybody that I didn't? Because you're making a, a truth claim there. Now, I know that's it can kind of be tough there. But so Frank Turek calls this a roadrunner tactic where he applies the claim to himself to itself. So, for instance, here's, here's some examples here. You'll hear people say this. They say it a lot these days. Truth is relative. I mean, all truth is relative. Okay, well, is that truth relative? Is that a relative truth that all truth is relative? No, you're making an absolute objective truth argument. So, it cannot be... a rel- all, all truth cannot be relative if you're saying that the truth that all truth is relative, is absolutely true. I know that really, really is a lot of jumbling up there, but if you think about it in slow motion, it'll come to you. I actually had a gentleman uh, that I worked with years ago. I've mentioned him before on the podcast, not by name, but he was an antagonist. He, he, he enjoyed that, and it, I enjoyed it too because it, it, it helped me because he would almost, even if he agreed with you, he would try to take it the opposite position just for fun's sake, just to argue right and there's nothing there's nothing objectively wrong about that people aren't going to enjoy that most of the time but you know i i looked at it kind of as an opportunity for me to check my my foundation how can i explain my position against somebody who's bent on taking the opposite position you know it's it's kind of a fun exercise and so i'm i'm not always i didn't always walk away going going yep i showed him you know but there, there was an instance so 
over there one night, and he made this statement. I don't remember what it was, and I made and I kind of refuted it. And and he said he said well he said that may be true for you but you know that's not true for me that's not true for everybody and and you know instead of arguing over that I spun it and said and said do you think there is any absolute objective truth and he thought about it for a second and he goes no no there's not and I said is that objectively true. Is that an absolute truth that there is no objective absolute truth? And he goes, you can see the you can see his eyes get big and he goes, now you're just arguing in circles. I said, is it absolutely true that I am arguing in circles? And he goes, I don't like this. And he stood up and he <laughs> He stormed out, which, I mean, that was kind of a fun, I don't know what made me puff up my chest or whatever, but all this is just simple logic that you, that you learn, you know? And so, yeah. And it, it, it sounds philosophical. It sounds so enlightened to say there is no truth. Nobody can know the truth. It sounds so superior to say that, right? But the reality is you're standing on a log or on a limb and you're cutting the limb off the tree that you're standing on when you say stuff like that. Cause it just, it just, there's no logical, not, not logical truth there. And so, so people will say, well, nobody can know the truth. Well, then how do you know that truth? If nobody can know the truth, how do you know the truth that nobody can know? You just, you, you're the only one that can know it. Because even if you are the only one that can know it, then that means that the truth is knowable. Um, truth is relative because it depends on your perspective. Does that truth depend on your perspective? Does it depend entirely on your perspective that truth is relative because it depends on your perspective? No, because you're saying that truth, you're making an absolute truth claim there. Truth comes from science. How much did we hear the last several years about trust the science, right? That's That was like this huge saying, trust the science. If you said anything that bucked to the narrative, then trust the science. Like science is just this some objective being that controls everything. For one thing, science has to be interpreted by scientists or just anybody in general. But truth comes from science. Is that a truth that comes from science? Is the statement, truth comes from science, is that statement, does that come from science? All science has to be interpreted and thus stands on the laws of logic or philosophy, right? Logic and philosophy. You know, there's uh, a rule of the law of the excluded middle, law of the non-contradiction, and uh, uh, there's another one that escapes me right now. But there's these classical laws of logic where basically if something is A, A can't be A and not A. You know, I can't say, I can't say, here's a pencil and this is also a pair of scissors. They both can't be true. So that's. That's where that law of non-contradiction comes into play there. And that kind of applies to this truth deal. They all do, but that's what I'm saying here is that is when people say truth comes from science. 
we'll follow the science because that's where we get truth. Okay, so how are you discovering that truth? You're, you're using philosophy. You're using logic to interpret any data and, and to come to a conclusion. So, and that's, you know, we can kind of go into subjective and objective truth because it can be very confusing these days to differentiate between the two. Subjective truth are statements about our preferences like, I like chocolate ice cream and I think chocolate is better than vanilla. You know, that is objectively true that I think chocolate is better than vanilla. And then um, somebody else might say, well, I think vanilla is better than chocolate. You know, it's objectively true that they think that vanilla is better. But those, but those are their opinions. Those are truths about their opinions. You know, what really kind of matters in, 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 in the big scheme of things is truth about exterior things. So like truth about God, truth about Jesus, truth about the Bible, truth about all that stuff. And then you got, um, think, like, like, think about gravity. Does, it, does gravity, if, some, if somebody says, um, well, gravity is true, and somebody says, well, I prefer that there is no gravity. Does that mean that gravity doesn't exist? No, gravity still exists. It exists outside of your opinion and my opinion or anybody else's opinion. It just is. So truth exists really despite whether we believe it or not. You know, it wasn't constructed by humans. And I can actually prove that to you. Now, I can't prove that to you using science because we can't observe that because we're talking about a time before there was humans. But think about this for a second. Now, this, I don't know, it's kind of deep, but somewhat superficial. So truth existed before humans existed. That's why we know that's why we know that truth one of the ways that we can know that truth is not purely subjective is that truth existed before there was any people on the earth. You say, "Well, how do you know that because there wasn't anybody on the earth?" Okay. Before anybody was on the earth was the statement there are no people, there is no humans on the earth. Was that true? Yes, it was true because it was true because there was no humans on the earth yet. So before there was no humans on the earth, the statement there are no humans on the earth was true. So therefore, truth exists outside of any human knowledge, human minds, human construction, right? People will, people will, sometimes people will go on that and they'll say, well, truth is just a construct and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I just defeated that argument. But this is just a simple way. The reason why I'm doing this, guys, is just because fundamentally you have to know that truth exists and that things are not purely subjective. Because today, you know, we are we are really um, seeing things, you know, like here, you know, these we live in a world right now where if you feel you've been wronged, then you've been wronged. If you feel something isn't true, then it isn't true. If you feel you should have the right to do something, you should. So if we live out those those subjective thoughts and feelings there, then ultimately when you're praying and you don't feel like God is listening, does that mean God is not listening? If you feel like God is not loving, does that mean that God is not loving? If you feel that you're distant from God, does that mean that you're distant from God? If you feel that, uh, that, that hell is not a reasonable punishment, does that mean hell is not a reasonable punishment? You see where this goes? So you have to, you get to hold to truth and truth is Jesus in the person of Jesus who is fully God and he's also the author of truth. He's the creator and sustainer of the universe. 
and he is where truth comes from. He was the author of that truth that existed before any humans were on the earth. So here's some cool quotes. There's, there's some interesting quotes here, and I think they're, they're really, really cool. So here's one um, is a C.S. Lewis quote. I love C.S. Lewis. Uh, he says, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Right? So it's, he's, he's making an analogy there to Christianity being a worldview is what he's making that analogy there. But what he's saying is that because is it is it is true, right? He's saying he sees the evidence for it being true. Those those that logic that I just went through with you about refuting these different arguments, right? Those are truths that you can see, you can think about, that you can know, that can let you know that truth does exist. And I'm not just going to quote C.S. Lewis here, but like let's look here. There's a this this person's named Flannery O'Connor. The truth does not change according to our ability to stomach it. Just because somebody says, well, I don't like the truth being that God made us male and female. I don't like the truth being that God created a woman for man and man for woman to be complementary and to be uh, bonded together in marriage, one man and one moment, one moment. Um, people say, well, I don't like that truth. That doesn't change the fact that it's true. It just is, right? You can prove that through sociology. You can prove that economically. You can prove that through any number of ways. You can also pr prove that by going to the author of truth. And then here's a couple C.S. Lewis quotes because I really like C.S. Lewis. There are a dozen views about everything until you know the answer. Then there's never more than one. I'm going to come back to that in one second. If you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth. Only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin. And the in, in the end, despair. All right, that's where you're going to end up. If you, if you, all you look for or seek for is comfort and leave you leave truth completely out of it, then that's what you end up with. Now... Here's something. This is an, a kind of an example of truth that applies to the Christian faith here, right? Okay. People will say, oh, you can't believe that Christianity is the only way to heaven. Um, yes, that's exactly what I believe. Well, why do you believe that? Because that's what the Bible tells me. And then also people will say, well, how come, how do you know that, that um, you know, that Islam isn't true or Hinduism isn't true? Aren't they all this universalist approach here that all these religions are are try, are just different ways of reaching the same goal. Well, no, because they are all mutually exclusive. They are they there is some almost every religion has some moral uh, moral thing or some idea that leaps over into other religions, right? But but the they are all mutually exclusive. Even universalism is is exclusive of every other religion. You say, well, that's not it. That's not right because universalism teaches that we're all on the same journey and we all end up getting to heaven if all these different religions. Well, then you're saying that only your view that all these different religions lead to the same heaven and lead to heaven, all these different views, um, all these different religions that do that, you're saying that only the belief that all these different religions end up are chasing the same heaven 
is true. You're saying that it's not true that if you pick 99 out of 100 and you think they all go there and you think this other one, no, it doesn't count. Well, that one's that one that one's out, right? So even universalism is exclusive, right? So anyway, I just wanted to lay the foundation foundation here for truth. Truth is knowable. Truth can be logically thought out and you can use truth to navigate your world today when quite honestly there's very little truth being expressed and being spoken about out there today in the big scheme of things if you stay focused on um you know on christianity and focused on on apologetics and delving in that kind of atmosphere you can end up in an echo chamber where yeah ever surely everybody knows it but no all you got to do is turn on the TV or read a newspaper or get online and you'll see that there is basically most people believe that all truth is subjective these days and which is a skewed belief as for reasons why we've already gone over that. But anyway, so I'm going to I'm not where I'm sure where I'm going to go next week, but I want or yeah, this next podcast, but I wanted to set the foundation for truth because ultimately anything else we talk about uh, whether it be apologetics or anything else, you're going to end up with, um, you know, what does it matter or is that actually true? So once you have the foundation for truth and you know that truth is knowable and truth exists, then everything else you can hold up by by that truth. And they, that's my view anyway. It is true that that's my view. <laughs> but let's go out of the podcast today with this. This is Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Mm-hmm.